the same story, same miracle, same story. Uh, but we're going to look at this story through the eyes of all four, all four, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. If you just read one, you get a, you get a kind of a, a vision of what took place, but it's just a little tidbit. But if you read all of them, you get the whole deal. You get the, you get the full story, and that's what we're going to do today. Amen? If you are here for the very first time, if you filled out one of those prayer cards, we are so glad that you're here, and we are thankful that you are here today, and we have hoped we have been a blessing already. But we want to go ahead and take up those prayer cards so we can be praying for you. And if you filled out one, can you hold it up real high? Just hold it up so we can gather them together. Got some right here in the middle on this side over here. All right, church, let's give them a hand for being with us. Aren't you glad they're here with us? Amen. <coughs> God is good, amen? John chapter number 6. Now, here's the deal. Uh, there was so much, there was so much in this deal, uh, uh, I had to go really old school on this thing. I, I've been really trying to bring it down in and, and, uh, and my outlines, and uh, I, I went, when I first started preaching, I, I, I had notes upon notes upon notes upon notes because my greatest fear was I was going to get up in front of somebody and have nothing to say. Obviously, that's no longer an issue, amen? Uh, but I, I really was. And, I, man, I'd have, uh, I'd have three points, sometimes four points, and three sub-points for every point, and it was just a whole bunch of points, amen? And, and with, with this story, there's so much I want to give you today, so we got to go quick. I, I, there's something we can't really hunker down in one. We're going to graze through them all and enjoy what God's going to do with us. So if I preach fast, it's on purpose, amen, because I want to get you a lot of stuff today. Normally, this type of thing would be done on Wednesday night, uh, but it gave it to me today, and he actually gave it to me Thursday, and I've been about to bust to tell you, amen? So we're going to go fast. Now, this is kind of like... This is kind of like Smokey and the Bandit. How many of y'all have ever seen Smokey and the Bandit? You ain't even an American if you ain't seen Smokey and the Bandit. Amen? Uh, he said, we got a long way to go. All right. Boy, I got some carnal people in the house today. Amen? Amen. We know Smokey and the Bandit. So let's, let's get started in uh, John chapter 6 and verse number 1. If you're glad to be saved, say amen. amen. After these things, Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee which is the Sea of Tiberias. And a great multitude followed him because they saw his miracles, which he did on them that were diseased. Jesus went up into a mountain, and there he sat with his disciples. And the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was nigh. When Jesus then lifted up his eyes and saw a great company come unto him, he saith unto Philip, When shall we buy bread that these may eat? And this he said to prove him, for he himself knew what he would do. You would do yourself a great favor by underlining that sentence in the Bible. Because when you get in difficulty, you need to know what that just said. He knew what he would do. Philip answered him, 200 pennyworth or 200 days wages of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may take a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, saith unto him, There is a lad here which hath five barley loaves and two small fishes. But what are they among so many? Jesus said, Make the men to sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down in number about 5,000. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed to the disciples, and the disciples to them that were set down, and likewise of the fishes as much as they would. When they were filled, they said unto his disciples, Gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. Therefore they gathered them together and filled Twelve baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves, which remained over and above unto them that had eaten. Church, say amen. amen. Pastor Buchanan, would you lead us in prayer real loud and, and, and ask God to anoint the service, all right? Amen. All right, you can be seated. You can be seated. Now, let's dive into this deal. How many of y'all know, <clears throat> how many y'all know today that the Bible, the Word of God, has been given to us for our learning? According to the book of Romans, the Word of God is here so we can learn how to live, so we can learn how to behave, so we can learn how to act, we can learn how to live, and we can learn how to die. Amen. It is given for our 
learning, for our education, for our development. The disciples were here on this earth and God trained them and spent three years of seminary, if you will, with them, developing them into the people that he wanted them to be. Now, everybody in here, if you're saved and you're a child of God, you are a disciple. Whether you know it or not, you're a disciple. You're a learner. You're a pupil. You are one who is to follow the life of Christ. Uh, Salvation is not the end of the line. It's the beginning of the line. It's where we start with God and we become what he wants us to be. Well, here in this story, we're going to find that it is so similar and you can apply it right to our life today. Now, what I want to do, what I want to do, now stay with me, I want to go through this whole story. I'm going to describe this whole story and paraphrase it according to the way the gospel said it happened. All right? All four gospels, and and we're going to put them all together, and this is how it happened in chronological order, okay? Here we have, here we have Jesus. He is ministering. He is serving. And I mean, they are, they're going so hard and so fast and so much that they don't even have time to eat. They are so busy. People are coming. People are going. They don't even have time to eat. And Jesus says, let us go into the desert. Say that word with me. Let's go into the a desolate place, an empty place, a place where there's nothing. Let's go into the desert so we can rest, so we can take a break. Well, as the story goes, you find out that the people just followed Jesus out there. They were hurting, and they were needing help. They were seeking. They were longing. They were looking for something, and they just followed Jesus out there. And Jesus, with his compassionate heart and his compassionate mind, he had to do something, so he keeps healing them. He keeps touching them and blessing them, and and he begins to teach them. And so the day, here they are, instead of being in the city and the town, now they're out here in a desert place. Now they're out here in a desolate place, and Jesus is doing his thing, and it's getting late. Y'all follow me so far? It's getting late. Uh, 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 it's getting late in the day, and now we got to do something. So the disciples, the disciples come to Jesus, the disciples come to Jesus, and they said, look, Lord, you need to send these people away. You need to, you, we need to do something with them, man. It's getting late. We're out here in the desert. And they bring that up. They bring that up several times. We're in a desert place, and, and you, need to, you need to send them away. And he said, they need not depart. And, and, and this is what they say, but they don't have nothing to eat. The disciples specifically said, I believe it's in, in the Gospel of Mark, they have nothing. Say it with me. Nothing. They don't have anything. Jesus says, you feed them. What? Seriously? You feed them. They don't, don't, they don't need to go away. Send, don't send them away. You feed them. And this is what they say. 200 days wages won't pay for all these people to eat just a little bit. How are we going to feed them? You ever felt like that at the end of the month? This ain't even going to be enough to feed them. What what are we going to do? How are we going to do this? Uh, we, We have nothing. And Jesus says this. How many loaves have you? Did they not just say we have? But Jesus says, Really? How many loaves have you? And this is what he says, verbatim. Go and see. Go see. Go see what you got. They come back, well, you know, hey, we found this little fella here, found this little lad here, and he's got, he's got a little lunch. I mean, he's got a little snack here. He's got his five barley loaves and two small fishes, but what are they among so many? Boy, he had to be a Baptist, amen. Jesus said, bring here. Y'all know the story. He takes it, he prays and thanks God, he breaks it, distributes to the disciples, they distribute to everybody, feeds approximately 15,000 people. Some scholars say because they only listed the men. And that day you only recorded the men and there's probably women and children. We know there's children because this little lad came out from among them, amen? And, and, and there possibly could have been 15,000 people here. Fed them all. Gathered 12 basket loads after the end. Now let's, let's dig into the study. Now do you all see this, the whole story now? This is how it took place. If you'll put all four Gospels together, that's exactly the way it happened and took place in chronological order. Now, here's the deal I want you to get. Number one, we're going to apply this story to our life today. Number one, I want you to see the, the, the situation that the disciples faced. The situation that the disciples faced. Uh, we see an atmosphere where they resided. Write that down. I want you to see the atmosphere they resided. Where were they? They were in a desert place. They were in a desolate place. They were not in a place that was conducive for prosperity 
and success. They were not in downtown Birmingham. They were not in Coleman. They were not right around the corner from a, a Winn-Dixie or a, a, a Food World. Uh, they were not right down the street from a Publix. They were in a desert. They were in a desolate place. They were in an empty place. And now, not only do we see the atmosphere they resided, now I want you to see the assignment that they received. Jesus gave them an assignment to feed all these people. Jesus gave them a task, an impossible task, in man's eyes. How in the world are we going to see this happen? Not only are we in a desert, not only are we in a difficult atmosphere, not only are we in a desolate place, but now we have the job to minister to thousands and thousands of people. We have the responsibility to feed all of these people. Now we have a job that is impossible to do. Are y'all with me so far? How are we going to do this? Say, so what does that have to do with me? Do you realize we have received an assignment at Temple Baptist Church to build a church? We are full. We are full. Listen, it takes three services to get all y'all in here. That's not normal, say amen. It's just the way we got to do it for now. But we need room. We need room. Uh, you can't put 12 ounces in an 8-ounce glass. We need a building. We need space. We need some space. Say it with me. We need some we need a building. We need it now. We need some land because if you can't park them, you can't see them. I need a witness. We're all up in the mud on the hill right now, and it's a God's wonder if anybody gets out. Amen? We got a problem. We have an assignment. God has said, reach your community. God has said, conquer your city. God has said, take the gospel to every creature and take the gospel to all the world. We have an assignment, and this assignment seems difficult. This assignment seems downright impossible. You know why? Because I know what we have according to our resources. We are in a desert place. I apply the place and the atmosphere therein to the economy that we're sitting in. This economy that we are sitting in is worse than most of anybody in here has ever seen in their entire lifetime. Unless you're way, 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 way up there in age, you've never seen anything like this since the Great Depression. Nobody has experienced this. This is a bad time in America. It is a bad time financially. The debt in America is crippling right now. And I'm telling you, when you look at the circumstances and when you look around, it is very frightening and it'll make you want to find somewhere and hide. But let me tell you something in the middle of a desert place in the middle of a bad atmosphere, in the middle of a place where you think it can't get done, sits the Lord Jesus Christ, and I'm glad to know in my deepest valley, the Lord is there. We see the situation. We see the situation that they are facing. Not only do we see the atmosphere where they resided, we see, we see the assignment that they received. They received an impossible task. Some of y'all are looking at your finances. You're thinking, how am I going to pay the bills? How am I going to take care of my family? How am I going to meet the need? How am I going to fulfill the assignment that God has given me to lead and take care of my family? Man, this seems impossible. Are y'all with me? But then I want you to see this. Not only the assignment they received, but I want you to see the attitude they reflected. They had a bad attitude. You know what's wrong with most listen Christians in America today? It's their attitude. I said it, and I'll stand by, and I'll sign the CD. Say amen. A bad attitude. These disciples, number one, they didn't even want to minister to them. They said, send them away. You know, y'all ain't going to believe this. I know y'all ain't going to believe this. Y'all the spiritual crowd and everything. And y'all probably won't believe that there's people at Temple that don't want us to build. Let's just sit with what we got. Why do any more? Why do any more? There ain't no sense in building. Let's just, let's just let them go to other churches. You know, because other churches ain't reaching them. We can't get satisfied. We can't get settled. Why? Because there's still 80,000 people in Coleman that need to hear that Jesus will get them off a of crack. Jesus will get them off a of mess. Jesus will heal their broken heart. Jesus will put their family back together. I'm about to preach in a minute. But they want to quit. They want to say, hey, we're done enough. Hey, this is all we need to do. No, sir. No, sir. Jesus said, you feed them. I know it looks bad, but you feed them. They received that assignment, and they had an attitude about it. 
How many of y'all have ever got an attitude about what God told you to do? Don't lie. Uh huh. Rest of you lying. And then we ain't got nothing. How are we gonna feed them? We don't have nothing. We'll go see what you got. They bring something. Yeah, we got something, but it ain't enough. This is what he said. Word for word, I'm reading out of the Bible. What are these among so many? First you lie and say you got nothing. And then when Jesus proves that you do have something, you got an attitude about what you do have. Oh, yeah. We're going to get every cockroach in here today. Every dust ball, we're going to sweep it out the house of the Lord today. Let's change our attitude. Let's change our attitude. We are the children of the Most High God. We ain't got nothing. I don't know how we're going to do it. What is this among so many? When it gets to looking like that, we need to look at the Savior. So number two, write this down. We see the situation that they face, but number two, I want you to see the Savior that they followed. I, I'm telling you, guys, throughout this whole thing, God, God shared with some of this stuff with me on Thursday, and it's done all I could do not to preach it down on Facebook. Say amen. Because that's the only audience I got between now and Sunday. Amen. Listen, in the midst of your valley, there sits Jesus. In the middle of the desert, in the middle of your impossible assignment, there sits Jesus. In the, in the middle of your not enough, there sits Jesus. Now watch this. Y'all ready for this? This is good stuff right here. In the middle of your situation, Jesus, this Savior, hey, write this down. He's got a plan. Watch this. It's all Bible. It's all Bible. Isn't it good to study the Bible? Yeah. I, we don't need no props and we don't need all this other. But listen, just, let's just get the book. Amen? John 6, verse 6. Right after, he said, uh, where are we going to get bread for these folks? Where are we going to get bread for these folks? John 6, 6. Watch what it says. Watch what it says. In John 6, 6, this, the Bible says this. Now, he asked them this question to prove him, to test him. For... Watch this. This is great. This will change your life. This will put a, a pep in your step. Say amen. He had a plan. He knew what he would do. Y'all with me? Before the problem ever arose, he knew what he would do. Before they ever realized they didn't have enough, he knew what he would do. Let me tell you something. Before the bank ever called and said no, Jesus knew what he would do. Before the doctor ever said there's nothing more we can do, God has got a plan. In your darkest hour, God has got a plan. In your greatest need, God has got a plan. In your deepest valley, God has got a plan. I don't care what you face this year. I don't care what you go through. Before you ever go through it, God's already been there and he's mapped it out and he's on the other side and he's got a plan. He knows what to do. I'm not going to worry about tomorrow. He's got a plan. I'm not going to worry about the economy. He's got a plan. My father owns a cattle on a thousand hills, and he's got a plan for my life. I'm sorry about the spit. I can't help it. Hey, I know what it feels like to be frustrated. I know what it feels like not to have enough. I know what it feels like to be afraid and scared. How in God's name are we going to meet this bill? I know what it feels like to sit in the emergency room with families and us all squalling and crying. I know what it feels like. And I'm telling you what, to know in my heart, in my life, that God's got a plan for Andrew's life. God's got a plan for your life. God's got a plan for your life. And it seems like hell is coming against you and the devil's trying to destroy you. But my God has got a plan. He knew what he would do. When you don't know, he does. When you can't figure it out, he's already figured it out. When you don't know what to say and you don't know where to go, he's already been there, done that, and says, follow me. Hallelujah. That's good stuff right there. He's got a plan. Say amen. I got to recuperate. Amen.
I'm having a blast today. I don't know about y'all, but I'm having a big time. Hey, I, I, I've, I've been with the families. I've been with the heartbroken. I, 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 know, I know what that's all about. And to know God's got a plan, it, it does something for me. Amen. We see, we see the Savior and his plan. Then B, I want you to see the Savior and his prayer. Ain't going to be much shouting on this one. It's going to be a little groaning and moaning and repenting. Look what he did. Jesus gets this lunch, this little small thing. He says, Father, according to the book, thank you. Did y'all get that? He gave, before 15,000 people got full, before 15,000 meals were served and 12 baskets left over, before the abundant supply appeared, he said, God, thank you for five barley loaves and two small fish. Remember that attitude I said a while ago? Some of y'all ain't never going to experience the abundance and the miracle working power of God because you're not thankful for what you already have. Why should God give us a bigger house? We're not thankful for the one we got. Why should God give us a better car? We're not thankful for the one we got. Boy, I wish I had this, and I wish I had that, and I wish I had this, and I wish I had that. And guess what? When you get that thing you wish for, guess what? You're going to wish for something else. And the Bible says be content with such things as you have. We should not have a, a spirit of covetousness. In other words, we're wanting, 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 wanting. I've done found out this. I done found out this. Oh, oh, if you get what you want, you're going to not want what you get, and you're going to want something else. If you're not in, and then by the way, in that same verse it says this, for the Lord will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Isn't it funny when he says don't be, don't, don't, you got to be content and don't be covetous and, and to the point where you're wanting everything else because I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. You know what I believe he's telling us? You need to let me be all you need. You need to understand the only thing that's going to, the only thing going to satisfy your needs and your wants is me. Not stuff. Now, I'm going to talk to you from a coon hunter's viewpoint because that's all I am. And I'll tell you like it is. And, and Jeff, I don't know if you experienced any of this or not, which you probably didn't because you had a little more resources than I had at the time. But when I, when I started coon hunting, <clears throat> I was poor. I mean poor. And, and when you're poor and dumb, that's a bad combination. How many of y'all with me? I didn't know nothing about coon hunting. I thought everybody was honest. I thought all coon hunters were honest, but they're not. And when you're a preacher and a coon hunter, that's even worse. The ones I knew, I didn't realize they'd lie to you to make a sale. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, this dog will treat, buddy. Woo, man, you, it tickled you to death to see that dog tree. And that guy walks away, it tickled me to death to see that dog tree. Amen. I done learned from the best. I've been, I've been at, at, at some of these big hunts with these, these dog traders that are around here, these old men, and I love hanging around them because they are funny. They'll come and say, hey, hey, what do you call this dog? He said, just cut him loose. You'll call him all kind of things. Amen. And that's what, that's what I was, you know, and, and, and so I just assumed if the guy told me something, it was going to happen. And I'd come up with a handful of dollars to, to get a, give me a coon dog, and they said, oh, yeah, man, this is a great. And I expected because of that little handful of money that I had, I mean, just, just dirt, cheap 
money that, boy, I was going to have me a coon dog. And I went through one dog after that was sorry as they come. One, I had one. God is my way. I hate even to tell this story. But I, I went and got one. It was, a, and, and, and sad to say it, Jeff, it was a big old black and tan. But he was sick. He did have an issue. He was sick. And I went and got it from this guy and just knew it. He had big old long ears. Had to be, oh. I mean, he had just, it was great. He was going to be the next thing. And I'm talking, I was so excited. And we cut the dogs loose and Barry and all their dogs took out. And my old dog trotted off a little bit. And then trotted right back and got in the box. I'm not exaggerating one bit. I was so mad. I just shut the door on the box. And we were sitting there and I was sulking there. And this is exactly, I can't even believe I'm saying this. We were sitting there on the, on the dog box and we were trying to listen for the dogs out there barking. And all of a sudden we heard. I said, really? I mean, it's bad enough you ain't going to go hunting, but you're going to snore in the dog box. And, I, and this is what I'd pray. I, I, I'm, saying, I'm going somewhere with this. I'm not running no rabbit. I, I'm going somewhere with this story. I wanted a coon dog so bad. I did. I wanted one so bad. This is what I prayed. God, if you'll just give me one that'll run and tree. It ain't even, even got to be a good one. If it, if it would just run and tree all by itself. If it would just, it don't even have to tree good, it don't have to have a good mouth. If it'll just look up and the coon will look down, that's all I'm asking for, Lord, please. I'm not exaggerating this. This is exactly what happened. I finally got one. Little blue choo-choo. Little female blue choo-choo, about that big. And you know what? After I hunted with her a little bit, boy, Lord, if you could just give me one a little faster. If you could just give me one with a little bit louder. And, and, and I hunted in a competition hunt one time, and, and I won a competition. Lord, if you could just give me a state winner. Oh, if I could just win the state. Lord, if I could just win one hunt. It ain't got to be a world champion, just one. If I could just, just stay in. And, and then I got one that could do that. And we was running in the state race. And Oh, God, if I could just win the world. I'm not exaggerating none of this. Because when we think we're going to be satisfied with what we get and what we want, then we find out we get what we want. And Solomon had it figured out. He doesn't got all he wanted and, and all there was that the world had to offer. And he said, it's all, what's the word? Vanity, which means empty. What's the point? Until we learn to be thankful for what we have right now. We'll never feed the 15,000 until we appreciate the one. Amen. His prayer. Then I want you to see his program. His program. Jesus. Now watch this. Who's got the assignment? Whose job is it to feed the people? They're the ones with the responsibility, correct? They have the assignment. It is their job to get food and feed the people. But watch what Jesus does. The Bible says in all four Gospels, he said, bring me your supply, bring me what you have. And this is what he said. When he prayed and thanked God for it, he gave thanks, then he broke it. He blessed it, and then he broke it. And this is the way it says it. This is the way it says it. You've got to read it. Read it. All four Gospels says this. He distributed to the disciples. Y'all with me? Then... The disciples went and completed their assignment. It's going to dawn on you in just a minute. This impossible task that could not be completed, Jesus gave to them and the disciples gave to the crowd. Preacher, how are we going to get this building done? God's going to give to you and you're going to give to the building. How am I going to take care of my families and meet my needs? God's going to distribute to you, and you're going to distribute to them. Why would God do it that way? I'll tell you why. John 15 describes it. John 15 is the vine and the branches. And this is what Jesus said. I'm the vine, you're the branches. 
If ye abide in me and I in you, ye shall bear much fruit. But he said this. He said this. It's really important that you get this. Really important that everybody gets this. Without me. Say it with me. me. Say it again. Ye can do. What are we going to do in this economy? Nothing without him. How are we going to get through this economic crisis? We ain't without him. How are we going to get a building when we ain't got no money? We ain't without him. Number three. Let me give you this last one because I'm, I'm, I'm preached out. Number three. What was number one? We see the... How many of y'all see yourselves in a situation this year? I do. The Savior they followed. Number three, write this down. This is good, man. This is where, this is where we're going to apply it to us. This is where we, we, we bring it home right here. I want you to see the solution that they found. The solution that they found. There's something we're all going to have to do. Now, guys, this is really, I said turbulence a while ago. It's really going to be turbulent now because this is going to apply to all of us. There's something that we have to do. How many of y'all want to be? How many of y'all want to be the twelve basket Christian? I don't want to be the not enough Christian. I don't want to be the Christian that says I shall not want. Y'all remember that verse in the Bible? I want to move through the valley of the shadow of death to the point where my cup is running over. Are y'all with me? I don't want to be the just enough Christian. I want to be the more than enough Christian. I don't want to be the one looking for something to get in the cup. I want to be sipping it out the saucer. Say amen. amen. But there's something we're going to have to do. First thing they had to do, and Jesus had to force them to do this because they had a bad attitude and they didn't do it on their own. First thing they got to do, you got to reconsider your resources. You have to reconsider your resources. And what in the world does that mean? Now write that down and look at me. Some of y'all are still taking notes. Some of y'all quit after the attitude remark, but that's all right. Look at me, look at me, everybody look at me. What do you mean reconsider your resources? Watch this. When they first came to Jesus, they received the assignment. Jesus, they, they, they tell Jesus what the problem is, and this is what they say. This is what they say, verbatim, this is what they say. Your King James Bible says this right here. It says, they have nothing. Say it with me. They have nothing. They don't have nothing to eat. They have nothing. Jesus said, Really? Are you sure? Nothing? Then he says this. How many, how many loaves do you have? Watch this. Go and see. Some of you belly aching and whining and complaining. I ain't got nothing. We ain't got enough. And we ain't got it. Really? You sure about that? Some of us need to go and see. Because when they went and checked, (laughs) when they went and checked, they said, well, we do have this little lad right here. And we do have this. And and, and watch how their attitude still permeates. We got this little lunch. It's five barley loaves and two small fishes. How many of y'all have said that about your check? It is. Especially after these new taxes. Y'all with me? I'm getting, in your, I'm getting in your garage now, ain't I? It's just too. Jesus said, really? How many of y'all read the story about the prophet, <clears throat> the prophet and, the, and the widow? The widow comes to Jesus and said, my husband has left us in debt. He done died and he, he left us in debt. And, 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 and we don't know what we're going to do and we don't have no money. And the creditors are coming to get my sons. They're going to make slaves out of them. And this is what he asked. This is what he asked. What do you have in your house? God showed me this in the second service. I'm going to call everybody in the first service and tell them this because he didn't tell me in the first, but he told me in the second. God didn't ask what the need was. He said, what do you got in the house? You know what that tells me? The need is irrelevant. It doesn't matter what your need is, God will take care of it. 
He just said, what's, he didn't say, how much money do you need? How much do you owe? What is your need? He didn't say that. He didn't even ask about the need. He just said, what do you have in the house? And this is what she said. She's Baptist. So she said, this is, this is what, I'm telling you, I'm just reading it out of the Bible. I'm just telling you the Bible. This is what she says, exactly the way she says it. We don't have nothing in the house except for this little oil. Have you ever felt like what you did have was nothing? <laughs> I guess I'm the only one who ever doubts God. I don't know. I just it, I can relate to this woman. I can relate to the fact that what little bit I did have seemed like nothing when it compared to the need that I had. We don't have nothing but, but this old. He said, okay. Go borrow all the vessels you can. Go borrow. Oh, this is a good thought. This is another good one. God blessed according to her faith. However, however many vessels that she got, that's what he filled. What if she had went in another village and got their vessels too? What? How limited is your life right now because you ain't got no faith? He will move according to your faith level. According to the man, according to the Bible, the people in the wilderness, the Israeli people, the nation of Israel, this is what the Bible says, they limited the Holy One by their unbelief. And I looked up the word limited. It means to draw a line in the sand. In other words, God, we're only going to believe you for this much. What if God wants the line over there? According to her faith, however many vessels that she got, he filled them with what she had. What's the point? Every family in here, you got enough. You got enough. You don't know what I got. I don't care what you got. You got what he gave you. And whatever he gave you is enough because my God shall supply all of your need according to riches and glory. It might be that you're not being faithful with what he gave you by doing this. If we're gonna, how many of y'all want to see a miracle this year? How many of y'all want to be a 12 basket Christian? How many of y'all want to be the saucer sipping Christian? My cup runneth over. You need to reconsider your resources. Number two, you need to, or B, you need to release your resources. Some of y'all are never going to experience a miracle because you're stealing from God. I believe with all my heart, that little fella took them baskets home. It's not there, but I believe it. Because the Bible says, they that sow sparingly shall, they that sow bountifully shall, and nobody else sold but that little fella. Now watch this. Watch this. Until we let go of what's in our hand, God ain't going to let go of what's in his hand. And if you come into the house of God and you take and you take and you take and you take and you, you, you eat and you eat and you eat and you eat and you never supply, you never give your tithes and offerings, don't expect God to bless your finances. Not one miracle took place till that little fella said. But that's the scary thing. Now you tell me it wasn't a scary thing for that little fella to spread out his sandwich with all them people? I'm kind of like Billy Kelly. Billy Kelly was about 950 pounds, and he said, my greatest fear in life is to die a hungry man. I'm, I can relate to that. I mean, the greatest fear to ever clutch my soul when I was in school was when I didn't have no lunch money. I said, oh, God, help us, Jesus. Amen. And he had to be willing to sacrifice and let go of what he had. He had no guarantee what was going to happen. But he knew who he was putting it in whose hand. So tell me, are you going to trust Jesus and tithe like you're supposed to and give like you're supposed to? Because you're never going to reap till you sow. That brings up C, and we're done. Because I can tell y'all really liking this point. 
We see we need to reconsider our resources. We need to really think about what God's really already done for us. Then, then B, we need, to, <clears throat> we need to release. Say that word with me. We need to release our resources. Then C, this, that's when we can reap. Do you know what the word that Jesus used after the Bible? Now watch this. This is great, man. They ate till they couldn't eat no more. When they, this is King James, when they were all filled, they were done. I can't eat another bite. I don't want no more. Watch this. The assignment was completed. And Jesus says, okay, fellas, why were there 12 baskets? Because there was 12 disciples. Because there was 12 disciples in class. Jesus is teaching them. There was 12 disciples that helped fulfill the assignment. And when the assignment was completed, he said, gather the, gather the fragments that remain. The word gather is the word we use for harvest. We gather. When it was all said and done, 12 baskets. It started with one. 15,000 got fed. 12 baskets left over. Now, let me ask you a question. What do you need God to do for you this year? Are you going to end the year 2013 with just enough? Or are you going to trust God and have faith and put your money where your mouth is and say, I'm going to believe God for what he's going to do and end the year with 12 baskets, not one? Oh, but preacher, that's just a Bible story. Really? Is that right? Last story. We're going to pray. Most of y'all have done heard this, but I don't care. You're going to hear it again because it's just good. Y'all remember when we tore out that, that, that wall down there in that little building? We needed $10,000. 10000 Had a yard sale. I believe they had a divine vision of the Lord in the night. Have a yard sale. Let's raise this money, $10,000. We'll raise this money. Bless God. Bring everything you can. Bring children, whatever you want to sell. Bring it all. We'll sell it. Set it up. That Saturday we had the yard sale. It was cold. I'm talking about it was colder than a mother-in-law's kiss. Say amen. <laughs> Sleeting, rainy. I think we sold more hot chocolate than we sold of anything. And nobody showed up. We, we sold $1,100 worth of stuff. And brought all the junk and put it up here. $1,100. Now, now, I know y'all have great faith. And, and y'all don't do this. But when I got along with God, this is my attitude. Really? I thought you told me to have a yard sale. I mean, what is this going to do? What is this? Among so many. What am I supposed to tell everybody? Everybody going to think I'm an idiot. It was my idea, Lord. What are they going to think now? We're supposed to have $10,000. And, and, and I know y'all more spiritual, and y'all probably think about me, but I was just being honest with God, and God knows my heart. And some of y'all do the same thing. You just won't admit it. What is this among some? What are we going to do with this? Everybody's jacked up, man. I told them that you was going to supply. You was going to meet the need. You was going to perform a miracle. We need $10,000, and we got 1100 And y'all know the story. We had a men's meeting that Sunday night before we were supposed to tear out that Monday, and, and Brother Dorgan uh, 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 Phillips came up with a cool idea about running rods down through. Or he said it was his idea. I don't remember, but I'm going to give him credit. Amen. It was <laughs> him and Brother Smitty. I said, all right, we did that. Y'all ain't going to believe it. After we tore out the wall, put everything back, everything but the paint, we needed how much? You know how much we spent? $900. $900. We had 1100 We had enough for pizza. Say amen. We had something left over. Are y'all... 
Are y'all feeling me? Is that what they say now? Do you understand what I'm trying to say? God didn't give us 10,000. He could have. He could have gave us 50,000. But you know what he wanted us to see? He could do it with 900. Amen. Come on, give him praise. Preacher, what are you trying to tell me? I'm trying to tell you this. Whatever you do this year, God will bless you. If you'll be obedient to him. Now, if you sit on your backside waiting on God to bless you and you don't get up and go to work like you're supposed to, God ain't going to bless foolishness and laziness. I'm not sitting here saying, go home and say, oh, God, bless us, bless us. You got, you got to do your part. You got to be obedient. Now, if you come in here every week and you, you, you steal from God and, 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 and your tithes goes to pay your cable bill, don't expect God to bless your finances. If we, we are not obedient and surrendered and put what we have, whatever resource we have, and say, okay, God, this is it. I'm, I'm, I'm obeying you, and I'm going to give you the best I've got. Here we go. Boy, it'll blow your mind what God can do with your not enough. Amen? Father, help us believe that stuff. Help us to practice it. Help us to apply it. I know it's real. I know you're the same yesterday today and forevermore God we need your anointing we need your touch we need your blessing God help us today help us to practice this help us to know we'll never outgive you if we give cheerfully if we give scripturally as we are told by your word you're going to bless us way beyond our ability to receive it I pray your will be done. I wonder how many people would come and find a place in this altar and say, God, I need a miracle in 2013. What I have right now doesn't seem like enough. What I have in my hand doesn't seem like enough, but I want to have faith. I want to come to you in faith, and I want to, at the end of this year, I want to be in prosperity. I want to be in abundance. I want to have more than enough. I want to have what you want me to have. I want to be blessed. I don't want to be guilty of stealing from you. I don't want to be guilty of taking from you. I don't want to be guilty of being faithless. I don't want to be guilty of being disobedient. I don't want to be guilty of being unbelieving. I want to, I want to live my life in faith and trust, knowing that he's a God who can, knowing that he's a God who will. Father, bless all these folks at this altar. God, we're praying in belief. We're praying that you'll touch. We're praying that you'll move. We're praying that you'll touch and and help us in our unbelief. Help us to believe that you can perform miracles. Help us to believe that there's nothing impossible to you. Help us to believe that you can do all things. Help us to believe that you can make a way when there is no way. You can provide a, a buffet in the middle of a desert place. You can provide for us when no one else can. You can bring it where no one else will. God, I pray that you'll meet our needs. Bless, her, bless the homes, bless the families, bless their jobs, bless their resources. Multiply what we have. What we have is small, but when we put it in your hands, you will multiply it. You will touch it. God, I'll praise you and thank you. I'll glorify your name. I'll, 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 I'll just glorify you and magnify you and worship you and brag about what you're doing in this place. Lord, we praise you and we thank you. In Jesus' holy name, amen. Amen. Let's stand to our feet and sing us a song. Pray all you need to pray. Are you surrendered this morning? Are you trusting him?
Jonathan and Brooke Kelly come this morning wanting to join up with Temple Baptist Church. Amen. All right. Amen. They've already taken the, uh, the membership class, been a part of that, passed with flying colors. He was a little shaky, but she come right to I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Hey, isn't it good to know that there's a place where you can come and feel part of a family right away? Right away. Amen. Thank God for that and what God's doing. Now, how many of y'all believe God can? I want y'all to, I want y'all to look at this, this, this picture. There's your sonogram machine. You did it. You did it. You made it happen. Amen. You kept me from going to prison. Say amen. Hallelujah. What a blessing. Matter of fact, there was a young lady had a sonogram Thursday, and she's definitely going to keep the people. Isn't that great? Come on, give him praise. Hey, people are being changed. People are being saved. Lives are being saved because you're trusting God. I know we're not in a climate. I'm telling you, I know we're not in a climate where giving is, is cheerful to do. But if we trust God, I'm telling you, if we will get this, God can do more in a desert place. God's economy isn't based on our economy. And we can prosper while everybody else is floundering if we trust Him. Well, how can I prove I trust Him? It's in your pocketbook. If you're willing to tithe, if you're willing to give your offerings to God, the Bible says where your heart is, there will your. That's when God knows you trust Him. If you trust Him with your pocketbook. Amen? Greg and Heather McAfee are coming for church membership and be a part of Temple Baptist Church. Isn't that great? Amen. All right. Amen. God is good all the time. Well, let's pray that God will anoint. This is what we need to do. Now, we're all right now, we're all fixing to give our tithes and our offerings. We're right now like that little fella. We're like him turning over our lunch. This is what you're doing. You're giving your tithes, you're giving your offerings, you're planting your seed right now, and, and, and you're like that little fella. How many of y'all need God to bless it? And God to divide it so it will meet the need in your home? Well, let's pray. Let's pray that God will do that. Father, do for us like you did for him. Meet the need for us like you met the need for them. God, we want to be an overabundant, prosperous Christian. Not a just enough. Help us to trust you and believe you and put our faith in you as we give and we worship with our tithes and offerings right now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. We stand and lift up our hands.